Hello and welcome to the Jewish Mother Me podcast. My name's Angela Epstein. Naomi Lopian. And Lynn Dover. Jewish mothers, we know them as overfeeders, they overprotect, they overlove and sometimes they want to mother you and smother you. But there's lots of wisdom and humour and fun that you can find in the Jewish mother too. But before we go any further, we're all delighted to say that joining us today is a very good friend of ours and a friend of the podcast, Avi Miller. Avi, hello there. Hello. Welcome to the bosom of Jewish mother me. Oh, loving to be here. (laughs) (laughs) And we're happy to envelop you in our warm embrace. Now, you've got a very, very good perspective on this whole issue of modesty. Tell us, if you would, what exactly it is you do for a living. First of all, what the title of it is and what you do. Technically, I'm a hairdresser, but actually, in terms that I use, is called a shetelmacher. Shetel is the Yiddish word for wig, and macher just means someone who's busy with it. And I am trained as a hairdresser, but I only work with wigs. Why do women, Jewish women, choose to wear wigs? I mean, you're, let, let's just, maybe you could describe that. And it's actually annoying me. Describe the, what Avi has on her head today. So when I look at her immediately, I can't really tell that she's wearing a wig or a shetel. So it looks very real and looks very part of the modern world. Of course, it's a way for Jewish women to protect their own modesty and to keep their modesty for their husbands. What do you say, Avi? Yes, technically, that yes, that is um, what it's meant to be. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be wearing a wig. Um, a lot of people don't just wear wigs. They, they'll cover their hair anyhow, could be a scarf and or a hat. And yeah, it, it's, it's a way of covering our hair, protecting our hair. But the thing is, Avi, Noemi Lynn and I are all looking at you with uh, tremendous hair envy, wouldn't you say? <laughs> wouldn't you say? You've got kind of caramel highlights. Your hair is cascading in waves down your shoulders. It's just beautiful. So there is this dissonance between modesty, be it for religious reasons, modesty because it's a self-confidence issue. And yet it's a real head turner, your shaitl. And I wouldn't even know it was a shaitl. So is there a kind of conflict there, do you think? Yeah, there very much is a conflict um, and it's been spoken about a lot in the religious world about whether you should be wearing one. Some A lot of the Sephardi background don't wear at all. It's their custom to wear scarves. And then where I come from, a lot of people are mixed and wear wigs and some don't at all. It can be very much a misunderstanding on how uh, why wigs can look so beautiful. And there's a big question about they look so beautiful yet people's hair underneath is not as nice as the actual wig itself. So there definitely is questions. What is under your wig? My hair. Yeah, what's and under it's there? Not, it, it's, um, it's done very nicely. It's, it's, it's not, it looks very similar to my wig. Right, I see. So is it, is it as long? It's a bit longer than my... How did you get into this wig making from hairdressing? Well, it's a long story. I actually trained as a medical secretary after I got married and I was not interested at all in doing anything to do with anyone's hair. And... My parents drove me mad. They were very close to a great rabbi in the town who they had gone to and he had said I should go into hairdressing and shetels. So for many years I didn't do it. Eventually I decided that I should take it up. Why not? Been, you know, suggested I do it. So I did and, and I loved it from there. I studied for two years to do it and it meant that I could be at home with um, alongside having children. The f- 
family that you come from, is that quite a religious family? Yeah. I mean, it, did your mum wear, you know, this is the Jewish Mother Me podcast, did your mum wear a shaitel? I was brought up with um, my mum covering her hair. Um, and how many brothers and sisters? I am the oldest of eight. It was sort of automatic that I would cover my hair. I was quite okay with doing that. I didn't challenge it. Even be it that my family were religious, quite religious, but they are very normal alongside it. So they wouldn't have. I'm sure my mum, however much she may have been very upset if I didn't, she would have been accepting whatever I would have done. So yes, it was a normal thing for me to go into wearing a wig. But what puzzles me is: is it just about wearing a shaitel, or is it more about? how you dress and how you behave it's mixed in the whole religious world ideally really you should do if we're looking at the ideals of life um there are lots of people that will take that part of modesty and they will just wear a wig there's very few people that will wear a wig and will wear let's say trousers it's a very mixed um world out there as i understand it and i may be wrong that you the most important thing for a married woman to do is to cover the hair and that's second to then covering elbows, wearing shorter skirts, low tops, whatever that may be. So there are people that will wear, cover their hair and yet will wear short sleeves and that's, everyone has a different level. And I suppose you want to stay beautiful. You don't want to make yourself look to the outside world less attractive and the wig helps with that. You always have your hair made, so it's lovely. <laughs> yes. What's, it made? What's it made from? What's it made from? Real it's hair. made from hair. It's oh, abs- yeah. Are we, sorry, I know you're going to ask the question, Noms, but no, just before fine. you do, am I allowed to touch it? Of course you oh, can. This is COVID friendly, as they say. Absolutely. Ooh, oh, it's very soft and it's silky. Nice. Because she's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And my great-grandmother covered her hair, wore a shaitel in it, it was horse's hair. Oh. And you can imagine the sacrifice of that, that you almost look disfigured and here I can tell you that Avi looks drop dead gorgeous um she's pretty anyway but uh with fabulous hair and natural looking hair so you don't think wig straight away um so what sort of girls ladies people come to you for their shadles I have an absolute variety unbelievably of all different areas ages hair colors every type of person I, I do have as a client and it's it's very interesting I'll, I can go from a long young um, wavy wig to a very short bob um, from one client to the next and it's um, it's nice it keeps it you know keeps have you had any requests that you'll remember anything unusual or different or well terms? actually recently I had someone who had just started covering their hair I do have that quite often people have just started covering their hair and they want to get as close as possible and this lady had red highlights but I'm not saying orange or ginger bright red and I, wow. I loved it it was amazing because it's something different and that Often we get when I get that people will come with their, you know, starting covering their hair and I'll have an unusual colour and I'll try and copy it as much as possible. Well, how does it sit on the head? Does it, it feels nice and comfortable. I mean, I feel it for your, your great grandmother. Grandmother? Oh, great yeah, grandmother. Who yeah. had horse's hair. I mean, it's like having a Hessian dormer on yeah. your head. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Is, is there some kind of thing that keeps it in place? Me personally, everyone's very different. Me personally, I just have a clip at the top of my ha- of the, the wig and it just clips down onto my own hair and that's it. I don't have anything else. Some people wear a band, um, a velvet band underneath it to keep it from moving. But generally, yeah, that's about all really people do. There are some side clips, but other than that, they're, they're pretty secure. Can I 
broaden this a bit in terms of, of what it represents to everybody, because I recognise there are people beyond the Orthodox Jewish community, women who might want to cover their hair for all sorts of reasons, but yet there could be people listening who will say, well, I'm sort of being compelled to do this, even if it's coming from within. But I would argue that is there something quite empowering because it's so easy to badge it as something restrictive? I definitely think it can look like that. And I think every person has their own views on that. Um, and and definitely, let's say if it was my daughter, I would, would want her to cover her hair, but I would never like force it on her I would ask her I would like her to make her own decision and therefore be empowered to do what she wants and I feel that that's really important especially nowadays because there are so many people that feel that they are boxed into having to cover up maybe having to wear a wig and I think it's so much more important I have clients come to me who are devastated that they have to cover their hair and I think that can be really hard and the fact that some people can choose, I think that's very important for parents, maybe, or, you know, whatever, uh, uh, people who are about to cover their head to feel confident and wanting to do it. Do you feel it helps you to stay modest, as it were, that, that feeling, that restriction, or does it feel restrictive on your head? I think that's one of probably the big points of covering the hair. But I do feel that when you wear a wig, no one says you can't be flirtatious. No one says you can't have a laugh with someone and, and wear, you know, whatever you want. Well, almost whatever you want to wear. But it does remind you, whatever the case may be, whether you like it or not, it does remind you, you know, you go on the beach, you can't necessarily just, you know, no one wants to necessarily sit there with a wig on. You've got to cover with a scarf. It just feels like, you know, you know, you're, you're recognising without even having to that you're married a woman and definitely it makes a barrier. You just mentioned the beach, Avi. How uncomfortable is it to be covered up when you're out there on the sand? I personally do cover up on a general beach. So when we go on holiday, we rent a villa so that I can do that, um, get be, be undressed and not have to dress up. It is definitely not as comfortable being, obviously, being on the beach and having to cover up. However, nowadays, there are so many people that actually design things, Jewish designers that make things possible to wear on the beach. So for instance, I wear, it's called a kosher swimming costume. I, kosher swimming costume. Describe it. Yeah, Alice. so describe I'll describe it. it. It's it's just, um, it's made out of swimming costume material. It You can either have short sleeves or go to your elbows. And it's like a top and a skirt. And under the skirt is like sort of cycling shorts attached. So it's all made out of swimming costume material. You can go in the pools. And also many years ago, I used to have, where like if I went to a joint pool with other people, I'd wear my swimming costume underneath and then I would wear like a t-shirt on top and a lot of these places don't let you now because of health and safety. So this is now made out of swimming costume material. You can go in and you can have not like a normal swim time. So would you go into a public baths like that? Oh, absolutely, I yeah. did yesterday. And and do, do people come up to you and make any comments? Not a single person, no. Quite right, Everyone's absolutely. accepting. Um, Noemi, you mentioned before about your grandmother wearing a not particularly nice wig. So when I got married, coming up to 26 years ago now, there wasn't the wigs that you see that I'm wearing now. I had didn't have very full hair. I had very flat hair. And I was went to this other Shetomacher that I wasn't there then doing that. And the wig I wore, I look at pictures now and it was, it was, I had to wear it. I mean, I had to wear it. I, I actually remember being happy to wear it at the time. But now when I look back on it, I, I can't understand how I went from beautiful hair to th that. I didn't feel unhappy at the time. I was 
I, I was so excited. I don't know, but looking back on the pictures. Did anyone else comment on how you looked? Or Absolutely not. not. It was very normal then. No one had these very natural looking wigs. It was very unusual. Because um, I covered my hair when I got married and uh, I have a little face, so I'm told. A very big mouth, as you can hear. And um, I went into a friend's engagement party. I was only um, 21 myself, got dressed up in a little suit and borrowed my mother's handbag. I looked a little bit like Mrs. Thatcher, walked into this <laughs> engagement and my friends just burst out laughing because I literally looked like oh. I'd got dressed up. What was really? the shadow like? The shadow was long but very thick. And it really looked very, very wiggy and it probably just engulfed got, my little yeah. face. Yeah. And yeah. it looked so artificial that they weren't bad, my friends. They literally saw me and pfft, they couldn't even hide it or stop it. And um, I just knew it looked... I suppose it was the suit and the handbag for a yeah. girl of 2021. It just all looked... The whole thing looked ridiculous. And yeah, it, it can, But it yeah. did change you altogether. It changed you a lot yeah. in those days. It, it, so it's a, it, was a, it's a it was a sacrifice for a woman. I, really, I look back it? now and, and think, like, that was... that was must have, that, I, don't, I didn't feel that then, but I do think it was very hard, like, looking so different. And nowadays I have brides come to me the whole time and it's unbelievable what they can get. They can get wigs that look exactly like their hair and they don't understand. They ne will never know what it meant to mean to wear something that is very, very dissimilar to hair. It's funny, you know, Abby, because I've toyed with wearing a shaitel, uh or covering my hair for a, a while um, and over the years on a few times, but um, I was really just worried that it would be so frighteningly obvious that everyone would notice. So there is this whole persona of a Jewish woman wearing this very beehive, thick looking, very obvious looking wig. And what I really say to people, I mean, a lot of people say to me, people, clients come to me who work in, you know, like a, a not Jewish um, setting and they're like, but I can't have a different wig because everyone will think. And I always say to them, no one will realise. And the the... The persona of this this Jewish lady wearing this very very obvious wig, there are you notice those people because they are the most obvious people looking. The people that you don't notice are the ones that are still wearing wigs, but you think they're not wearing wigs. So that's why people only notice the people wearing the beehive thick um, obvious looking wigs. But what what makes your wig look so natural, Avi? In particular, I mean, Avi's got a middle parting, no fringe, and it looks like the real McCoy. Looks like yeah. a real parting. Well, it's the way they make them nowadays. I mean this. There's a, a new way of making them, which is called a lace front or a lace top. Um, and that is what is the latest in fashion now. And that makes it even more natural, where you have a bit of lace at the front, which is literally almost looks like it's coming out your head. And they sew in hair out of this lace. And it's skin colour, the lace, so it looks like it's your forehead. Um, it's only a very small amount, so you don't. it's not obvious. And um, and then it looks like it's coming out your head, and that's what a lot of people mm. are going for now. So, Avi, it's absolutely riveting what you've said, and there are possibly um, take-out messages from the whole issue of modesty, wouldn't you say, about that it's not just about you're the one that's being deprived, that you're the one that's being somehow subjugated, mm. that modesty can be empowering. And if there is the, the Jewish mother takeaway wisdom, which we talk about most podcasts, um, what message would you give to people may not necessarily be about covering the hair because they may not be Jewish, they may not be female, they may not be male, whatever it is. 
how can somebody feel empowered and confident to be modest when everybody else is saying, oh, what are you covering up for? It's frumpy, it's hot out. Because people may, for all sorts of reasons, not want to show their flesh and it could be nothing to do with religion. How would you tell somebody to sort of feel good about themselves? I really think that, um, personally, that I think that feeling good about yourself is really very much in about you rather than about what you wear. And I think it's really important that, especially nowadays, that we've got young girls and they they're on instagram or they're on social media whatever it is that they should just feel empowered not by what they wear and it's very much about all what they wear on the head obviously that's in an ideal world and we don't live in an ideal world but i just think that people have to learn to be comfortable with their own self and happy with themselves and not feel that they need to show off more flesh to make themselves feel better about themselves and you can still do it in a really modern way listen I go shopping going into town and it's very easy to go in there and look oh gosh I can't wear this I can't wear that but actually because I'm so in tune with wearing covering up and you know to the extent that I do and I, I do I can find lots of lovely things and I always try and look nice and presentable hopefully and and it's harder it's not as easy but actually I do find it quite rewarding when I do find things. Um, and I, I, I look at, I've got, I read magazines and I get, you know, all the fashion magazines. And I do actually find that I, I'm more inclined to think that the women that are a bit more dressed, covered up, let's say in, in an award ceremony, they actually look so elegant. And they very, and very often I'm more drawn to that. Even though I do appreciate and I really love the other dresses, I always find that they look much more, you know, respectable and and elegant so really the bucket question if you were to design a shaitel for me or for noemi or for lynn what would it be so in my case for example i have shoulder length hair i was born um with very very bright ginger hair which has diminished over the years and um so a woman of a certain age how would you go about for somebody like me how do you decide what to do for somebody like me for somebody like lynn for noemi well actually usually the way it works is not that i go in there and say decide for the person it's always like a joint thing we could they come in and I'm very much the way I work as a Shetelmacher is not to throw over my views onto the person because I from experience uh, um, I see that people just are never happy with that so first and foremost I would always say um, I would work together with the with the client and with yourself and say right let's start from the beginning where do what lengths what colors what size wig do we need and we work together and, and usually get a great um outcome and you know hopefully more often than not <laughs> um to that the client comes out very happy so it would be a lovely very warm soft ginger nice similar to your hair if you're happy with your hair it would be so very similar to designing your own how your own style is um, and um, do, what about if you've got long hair? Is it uncomfortable to shovel it up under the wig? Um, no, it depends on... I've had clients, uh, brides, obviously, coming and they have very thick, long hair. Generally, they don't want to cut the hair, which is fine. Um, so what they do is there's, there's ways of clipping it up and they'll do it, you know, instead of a big clump underneath, they'll separate it into two ponytails and put it up and it, and it can be... It, it, you get used to it. It is uncomfortable at the beginning and hot but yeah they you can work it out work around it and people get used to it about five years ago i stopped dyeing my hair because it just became too much and too involved is there such a thing as a gray shadow well that's a really great question because i've always said that when i go gray um like fully gray i really want a gray wig and this is not i'm being 100 percent honest i think it 
I like to be a bit different and I don't like to follow the crowd and I really would love a grey wig. So I think your hair is amazing and I definitely agree there should be way more wigs out there that are grey because that's a natural look and actually it's very trendy at the minute. So, you know, you're all in the right, you're going in the right direction. I actually had a client just this week who has had grey sewn into the front of her wig. The little baby hairs at the front, has she's had grey sewn in and it looks amazing and that's a natural progression of someone's hair. I think there should be more grey wigs around. Avi, you've been riveting and, and we thank you so much for your time. Um, and if you were to give, we, we, like, we're big on takeaway wisdom here on Jewish Mother Me. Of all the strong Jewish mothers you've learned, it may be about modesty and how it might be about anything from your grandmother, from your mother. Is there a phrase? Is there something you abide by that you've always um, sort of had as a benchmark for a piece of wisdom? Noemi's great with the exotic phrases. Lynn's very good with the exotic Yiddish phrases. Yes. So you, do you have anything... Well, I don't really have an actual phrase. However, I have to say that my what I've learned in life, I have a great teacher. My mum is amazing and unbelievable. And what I've learned from my mum is that we never do things by half. We give always like with a full open heart. For instance, I always follow this with my mum. She always, When she gives people a list, they always say, no, no, just drop me here. And I always say, no, my mum would always take you to the door. I will never drop you wherever you want, five doors, wherever you want. So I like to emulate my mum. I don't have a saying, but that is that is who I look up to. Well, Avi, thank you so much. It's been absolutely wonderful experience listening to you asking all the questions i've always wanted to ask you <laughs> now <laughs> My feel like pleasure. and uh, pleasure. will you come again and visit us oh soon? absolutely whenever you're ready i will come happily and come and have a nice chat one condition though we want you to wear the costume the swimming costume oh with pleasure <laughs> be la- especially in here it's quite warm so it'll be lovely to wear my swimming costume absolutely wonderful <laughs> thank you so much pleasure pleasure Our thanks to Avi Miller, the woman who can ensure you never have a bad hair day. That's it from us this time, but please do join the Jewish Mother Me podcast again soon. Until then, it's bye-bye from me, Angela Epstein. Naomi Lopian. And Lynn Dover. See you soon.